Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm sorry. Children. Did you just start uh, saying whoa, like you're say welcome, and then going right into ladies? Are you really going to keep that? What Should I keep it, no, though? I don't no. know. No. For Christ's sake, that makes me twitch. <laughs> okay, fine. I was going to pull a PT Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, l- I hope you're ready to fight. <laughs> God damn it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Isis. She's back on the podcast this week, and we're very happy about it. Corey Thone and Corey Smith, this is a podcast that is not officially sponsored by KFC. Um, so let's get right into the what we're going to be talking about tonight is the Season 8 trailer. Game of Thrones Season 8. We finally got a trailer. It dropped today. What? Where have what? I been? You thought we were going to talk about the EW photos, didn't you? Yeah, I've been studying up on costumes and lines and the shoulders. And, and you're telling me there's a trailer out there? Yeah. yeah, man. Absolutely. There is a trailer, and it's exciting, and we're very happy to be here. So let's talk about it. Let's get right into it. Isis, I know you've got a lot to say, but I want to get your initial reaction. We'll break it down scene by scene if we've got hours to spoil anyway. But um, to spend, so Isis, give me your initial reaction from the trailer. Yeah, so um, earlier today when you guys told me that there was a trailer that was out, uh, I was in the middle of the office, and I really didn't have time to go ahead and look at it. And uh, when I finally got home, I was able to watch it. And let me tell you, my wig was fucking snatched. All right. I was shooketh. <laughs> shooketh. That trailer killed me and resurrected me. And now I'm pregnant with the second coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't it that much to you? Huh? God damn, you're thirsty. Uh, it's thir- so thirsty that I, my wine glass is filled. And I may have a lady boner. Just saying. <gasps> wow. You guys, you heard it here first. Isis has a lady boner. She is fully engorged. It's not um, her fault they put Gendry in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you never lied. You have never lied. Mm-mm-mm. So, um, Isis, what was your favorite scene out of the entire uh, trailer? Give me one scene. That just made all the hairs on your arm and the back of your neck just stand straight up. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say the very first thing. I mean, the entire the entire trailer is fucking amazing. Um, but I will say this because I'm a big Arya fan. I've always been an Arya fan since the very get go. And to open up the the trailer with her looking beat up, looking scared as shit. scared to a point that I don't think we've ever seen her before um, made the hair on my arms uh, stand up because for me Arya needs to be protected at all cost. We need to put a bubble around her and she must survive this. And uh, yes, 
She is she is precious cargo, and uh, I just uh, that is really. I mean, I think that, and I'll I'll tell you, you know how I listen, how I watch the the trailer, um, just for some context. Um, I first just listened to the to the trailer. I didn't watch any of the visuals. I just strictly used my, and that this is gonna sound super fucking nerdy. Uh, I, I just wanted to listen to it. I wanted to get a sense for, you know, the voices that were coming in, what they were saying, the music, all of those things, just to kind of come into play. Then I watched the video and um, the trailer, and then I took the trailer and slowed it down, and then I I watched it that way, and then I kept it slowed down and then I watched it with the subtitles because I really wanted to get a full feel of what the trailer uh you know all of those pieces coming together and and I know I'm not alone so don't fucking act like I'm being uh, hey, or anything I did the same thing I did, I didn't listen to it I mean you took it a step further but yeah no I did the same thing Yeah it, for me it was Arya I I'm going to just say it right there I mean Arya to me looked um, her reaction was the one that was probably most unnatural for me. Isis, um, you're absolutely right. I think the Aria, uh, the the fast breathing, but then she catches her breath and you see her training kick in, and then she starts to run from whatever's chasing her. We'll get into that to, into that into a second. But Corey Phone, what stood out to you? Uh, what was your favorite part from this trailer? Uh, oh, that's. It's a really tough question. Um, I I don't want to be too on the nose with it, you know, but the fact that they pretty much confirmed for us that uh, that John's going to ride a dragon is pretty All but dope. confirmed, folks. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy. I mean, like, seriously, not only, not only because, like, we're hip to your tricks, you're not – not only does um, I mean, obviously they show John and Danny walking toward the dragons who were eating or had just got done eating something, but they they showed that scene and then they showed the overhead shots of the dragons flying around and it's like, well, they're definitely just like CGI John and Danny off the back of those dragons. <laughs> like that's what Game of Thrones has done. The Avengers has done that. Like after the <laughs> the end game trailer dropped, everybody just kept finding these parts of the trailer where there's like a gap between people. And it's like, yeah, that's definitely like Captain Marvel or someone. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, just stop trying to hide this. Don't put that shit in the trailer. If you don't want us to know it, don't put it in there. And then CGI half of it out. Like we're not dumb. These are the most passionate fans of anything. So like that was figured out real quick. I, I will say we might all come out of this looking like dumb dumbs. Cause John doesn't ride a dragon like drive a dragon he's obviously ridden one but like drive one you know like grab the wheel or whatever however you <laughs> it's a clutch i don't know but there's that i mean that was the the scene that jumped out to me was they really drove that home they had like multiple shots of the dragons just flying around so yeah and you know what's cool about that is um a lot of people say well no the dragons were just flying into winterfield no they weren't if you look at the sky when uh, Arya's looking up at the dragon and when Sansa's looking up at the dragons flying over Winterfell, it's different. It's a different sky than when they're flying through the valleys and peaks of, of the north. That's Jon and Danny having dragon sex, like chasing each other around and like being all frolicking and playing in the air. They, they just are right. They got CGI'd out of the, out of the shot. So uh, 100% agree with you. 
John's riding Rhaegal, which, by the way, Rhaegal was named after his father, his real father, Rhaegar Targaryen. So it's kind of poetic that he would ride the green dragon Rhaegal. Yeah. Bang, so, his, bang his aunt, ride his dad, you know, Targaryen <laughs> shit. Targaryen shit. <laughs> all right, so Corey Smith, um, I know you've got thoughts. We talked about it all day long. What stood out to you? Um, I think just the general, like, depression of the trailer. I mean, it was exciting, but clearly the Battle of Winterfell is going to be fucked, right? Like, it just looks like they're going to lose horribly, and, you know, everybody seems to be... It, it seems like the battle is going to start out in the field and then move inside the castle. You've got the shot of Varys uh, down in the crypts with uh, Gilly and Little Sam in the background. And, I mean, I'm kind of with Isis. The thing that kind of shook me the most was Arya, right? We, Arya's gone through some incredible shit in her life, right? She watched her dad get executed. She's seen friends get executed. She's been through all this stuff. And she's never looked like that before, right? She was absolutely terrified. And... I'll tell you one time. She's looked at that one time when she was being chased by the wave. And this, she was being she was being chased by someone or something. She was running for her life. Yeah, but this just seemed more... And, you know, she, she's got that epic line about how death has many faces and all that stuff. But clearly that shot takes place before shit hits the fan, right? Right, right. You know, she's she's all confident. She's she pulls up the dragon glass dagger, um, but clearly that takes place before things go sideways because in that shot where that long tracking shot where she's running through uh Winterfell, she is absolutely terrified. She's not you know, any, you know, that that part was the the hardest the coolest part for me. And you know what? Um I've seen people on the internet today talking about well, Cersei hired a faceless man. They got they got into uh, Winterfell and they're chasing Arya. That's not a White Walker or Whites that's chasing Arya or the Night King, but a faceless man's there. We don't have time for that shit. Take that shit elsewhere. It's it's the dead. They're there in Winterfell. And yeah, that's you know what hit home for me um, was that this was absolutely the bleakest trailer that Game of Thrones has ever aired. Number one. Number two, um, they wanted to hit home that shit goes down at Winterfell, and it all goes awry. Nothing and no one is safe, right? Like, we see uh, Jamie and Brienne and Pod fighting on the battlements of Winterfell. We see Brienne and Pod standing in front of the army. We see Grey Worm getting ready, prepared for, the, for battle. There's a lot of shit going on. Jorah's ready to fight. There's a lot of shit going on, and 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 to to wrap up what you guys said about Arya, I did a screen cap breakdown for winnerscoming.com. That's right, or net, .net. I'm sorry. Um, and in the screen cap breakdown, I I I grabbed 17, I believe, screen screeners of Arya, and the second most was the dragons, Rhaegal and Drogon. They were the second most out of everything. So yeah. Like, this was an Arya-centric trailer, which was very cool. She was in a lot of the scenes. I kind of want to point out, too, like, and we'll get to this in a little bit as far as we're going to break down a lot of the things we noticed, but ultimately, 
I think this trailer, we talked about this too, is it didn't reveal a whole lot that we didn't already know. Right. right? It, it definitely felt like this trailer kept it, the cards real close to the chest, right? And we kind of, you know, Benioff and Weiss said if it was up to them, they wouldn't release a trailer. Um, but obviously, they had to release something. Um, but still, this didn't really give us... We knew that there was going to be a battle in Winterfell. We knew that pretty much everybody was going to be involved except for Cersei. We knew the Golden Company was coming over over the sea. So, I mean, there wasn't really any major spoilers in the in the uh, trailer. So, I mean, for me, that was kind of, you know, when you compare it to, like, seasons past, when we could really break down and, and come up with a lot of stuff, you know, there's some little tidbits here or there that we'll talk about, but this definitely felt like it, it kept a lot of the secrets in and didn't let anything out. No, I was happy about that. Isis, before we break this thing down, did you have a thought before we get into it? Yeah, so, you know, real quick, you know, because I did, like, a crazy person listen just you know kind of listen to the the uh the trailer and and i wasn't even looking at it i didn't want to get i didn't want to be overwhelmed by the visuals to take away from what i was hearing and i i have to tell you that for me the the what i was hearing um the music of course i'm sure you know is does what does wadi is that how you say it Jawadi. Jawadi, thank you. Um, did it did the music for this? It really sounded like a movie trailer. It didn't sound like uh, a trailer that was for a TV show or anything like that. I mean, it was very, very pinpoint accurate. Um, had really great, you know, even the things that were being said, which we'll dive into. But my point that I'm trying to make here is that this. The trailers for Game of Thrones have been always really, really great. But this is really kind of setting a tone of, hey, this is the end. This is a big deal. This is a big time trailer. Um, And it really kind of was very reminiscent of, you know, old war movies, trailers for war movies and things like that, um, where they do have a lot of dialogue in there and it matches what the visuals are. Um, You know, the music was very pinpoint. Um, and then when you, you just hear the music and then you watch the visuals afterwards, um, it really takes you into a high and low because it really, the music changes a couple of times in that trailer. Um, if you listen to it, so, uh, just wanted right. to kind of bring that over, you know, kind of, since we're going to be talking about the visuals, um, take a chance, just listen to it. Uh, I guarantee you that it's going to give you a little bit of different perspective than what the visuals are, because I think that can be very overwhelming and just take, you know, an account for the what, what you're hearing and what you're feeling. And, and it's 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 really, really telling um, of what they've done for this trailer. So I just wanted to make that point. This is the end. Prepare your bodies accordingly. My body is ready. And my body is ready. So let's get right into this. Um, everybody talked about Arya um, panting, breathing hard at the very beginning. And she's running from something. What I like about this, and, and I've mentioned well, it. Well, let's be beginning. honest. Wasn't that everybody Wasn't that everybody watching the, the trailer? <laughs> they were all panting like, oh. Uh, Basically, Maybe had much. our O faces. Yeah, it pretty much was an O face moment. Um, but Arya's running, and... She's being chased by something. I'm going to go ahead and guess at this point, Corey Phone, 
Winterfell has been overrun, and she's being chased by. And let's go ahead and give a nod to the comment she made. Uh, Death has many faces, and I can't wait to see which which one this one is. Um, let's go ahead and give a nod to that because I'm thinking somebody the Night King wrote, uh, woke up is chasing her. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. When when I looked at this, I, I definitely was trying to see if this was in the crypts or if it was higher in Winterfell or maybe it was in King's Landing. Like they, everybody seems pretty convinced that it's in Winterfell and that it's a, a, a white that's chasing her or the Army of the Dead or whatever. I'm not 100% sold on that. Um, I'm honestly not 100% sold that this isn't a dream that we see here. What? What? A dream yeah. sequence? Yeah. Like, I, I... I don't know. I just... I feel like this is so out of character for Arya. So if she is running from something, it's going to have to be a white or a faceless man or something, right? Or a bunch of whites like, like Mira and Bran had to run from. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've also... You know, when I see how she looks frightened and everything, I, I don't know. She... I, just I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what it is. When I've seen people on uh, Reddit and stuff have really broken down as a GIF and and lightened it up and shown it, and it kind of just looks like a dude in armor that's behind her. And I don't know if she's actually running from the person that we can see over her shoulder, or if that's another soldier who's also running, trying to get away. Um, I don't know why it starts with her. You know, sitting, leaning up against the wall or whatever, you know, looking stoic and then running and looking scared. I I, I don't know. I, I think there's just too little to be known from that. The implication is obviously there that um, shit didn't go well because she's all bloodied up and is running away. But she I don't fought, know. She fought a good fight and decided to run. Kind of what it, it points out to me is Arya has... Um, Early okay, later on in the trailer, there's a there's a and people have broken this down and lightened up the gif. Um Arya does a spin move with a staff or a spear, and she's fighting something on the battlements of Winterfell. This seems to be post battle, like the walls have been have been, have been broken down or whites whites have gotten over the walls. Um people it's every man for himself. Like remember how we talked about in another podcast, uh Smith and I mentioned it's going to be a every man for himself or every woman for herself, every person for themselves type situation. Uh, Arya, what I liked about it was that she composed herself, like her training kicked in. At first, she's panting really hard, and then she just stops, and she looks at the camera, and then she starts running. It's like, okay, you know, I've done this before. But what I noticed at the end of her run, as she's running, you know, it's it's interspersed with, like, Sir Davos walking along the battlements of Winterfell. Um, it's interspersed with a lot of scenes. Varies in the crypt with little, you know, uh, Gilly and baby Sam. Um, but she's got a Valyrian steel dagger in her hand. It's not an obsidian uh, bladed dagger. It's not needle. It's a Valyrian steel dagger. She doesn't have both weapons in her hands. She doesn't have a spear in her hand. She's got her, and I want to keep saying this, a Valyrian steel dagger in her hand. Um, that mean that says to me 
she's got some serious business to take care of with, and she knows that Bavillian still is the only thing to protect her. Which well, but not, in the like, other you know, in the other screenshot, she's got an obsidian blade. Well, when she's talking to like death has many faces, that's a that's got to happen way before the battle starts. She's got an obsidian dagger. I think hell, all chaos breaks loose. Smith, feel free to jump in. I think all all chaos breaks loose. She loses her obsidian tip dagger. She loses the spear she's using, and it's, she's down to her her basic weapons: the dagger and needle. Which I don't even see that needle on her. I just see the dagger in her hand. So, uh, Smith, feel free to jump in here. I know yeah. you've got thoughts about it. No, I mean, I like I said earlier, I, that definitely the whole her talking about seeing Death's face. That's clearly way before the battle, right? Mm-hmm. She's you know she's full bravado and she thinks she's seen it all and she's an assassin and. I mean, she does have right to be somewhat confident, but I think the the opening shot of the trailer is, yeah, way after things have hit the fan, and either she's being chased by a white or she's being chased by a, a white walker, and whatever it is, it's something she's never dealt with before, and she has no idea how to deal with it, because clearly she pauses to, like, gather up her courage to run, right? So she's she's way out of her element and that's not something that that's not something that's going to happen because of you know there's a couple lannister soldiers right there right or or the golden company has made it to winterfell which we'll talk about in a second but whatever it is it's clearly something supernatural that she has no idea what to deal with and things have been going bad for quite a while and i also would wouldn't Put it past this scene that someone close to her just died, right? You know, no, nothing is going to instill terror in her like someone that she knows dying right in front of her, and there was nothing she could do about it or that person could do about it. The Hound, because they do a quick cameo of the Hound, right? And he's got blood all over, like he's his face, he's sweating. He's clearly been fighting, and it's got that orange tint, so it's been the Battle of Winterfell. And right after the Hound, is, they show his face, they show Arya doing the spin move with the spear. Can yeah. you imagine, for one second, guys, Arya running from an undead Hound? Holy fucking shit. Right. Like, whatever is going on, this is clearly something that's, that is off the books, right? This is not something she... Has any idea to de- has any idea what what to deal with like, and I mean think about it if she just watched let's say she just watched the hound go down right, if she just saw the hound get torn to pieces I mean that's gonna shake her to her core that's gonna terrify her you know more than any than if the person just got stabbed or something by a regular soldier like this right. is cl- this is clearly something. Um, supernatural. I mean, I don't know that I would say go so far as to say it's the Night King, um, but it, it's definitely at least a horde of whites, or maybe one of the White Walker lieutenants. You know what I mean? So yeah. can I can I jump in here? Yeah, please do. So as a counter to that, because I I don't know if I mentioned or not, but she's not wearing any like furs. She's not dressed like she'd be at Winterfell. She's, you know, dressed more lightweight, I guess you'd say. Everybody, you know, at Winterfell is wearing 
furs and coats and everything else because it's cold outside. It's like it's winter or something. Um, there's a post in the Game of Thrones subreddit by Andheim. It's this guy's name. And and I don't know if this is 100% right, but it can somehow give – because I just – when I look at this, I just don't – I, I don't know. It just doesn't make – doesn't add up to me that it would be White Walkers. Like, where is she going to run to? Like, where is she going? You know, is, is she – do they have a trap set up maybe? I don't know. But this post says that um, in this same scene of the trailer where you see John running toward the camera at night, the next scene is a bunch of animals running that at first we thought were horses, maybe like the Thraki, but on second look, looks like it could be more like a pack of wolves. Their legs seem too short <laughs> to be horses. Which, yep. um, I've, uh, yeah, which I agree with. I, I think that those are wolves. There's a theory on here that... Arya is escaping Winterfell after being left behind, thinking that she's dead or something. Or she went back to find someone, do something, kill someone, or whatever. She has a mission. And she is overrun and beaten and runs into the Winterfell courtyard. Because, again, I agree this doesn't look like the Crips. So No way. I don't think it's the Crips either. Runs to the Winterfell Courtyard, only to be surrounded by Whites and Walkers, and at the last second, Nymeria and her massive pack of wolves ascend and start tearing up the Walkers and shit. And we see a scene reminiscent of Season 1 where Arya tells Nymeria to run away, but this time Nymeria does the same thing, you know, in wolf speak to Arya. And that's the reason why they chose to show Nymeria in Season 7 over Ghost. The writers had said it was more important to show you what's happening with Nymeria. Nymeria and her pack die, saving Arya, and she escapes back to her allies. God damn it. That is some good shit. I like that. I like that thought process. I really dig it. Because if we go with the theory that Winterfell gets overrun, and, and I want to go ahead and point out that in the Entertainment Weekly thing that dropped yesterday, all that news that dropped yesterday, which we're not even going to talk about tonight, there is... Um, one line that stands out, uh, James Hibbard, it's from James Hibbard, and he says, um, we've just finished filming a battle, beloved heroes lie dead on the battlefield in front of Winterfell, and I'm paraphrasing, it's not exact, it's not an exact quote, but beloved heroes lie dead on the battlefield in front of Winterfell, so if all the shit breaks down and goes to hell like we think it's gonna happen, then yeah, I could absolutely see Arya getting left behind. I mean, goddamn, what what a and and then bringing Nymeria back. I'm not ready to see Nymeria die. I mean, can we give the fucking uh, direwolves some break? Like, obviously, Ghost is probably gonna die because if if they're gonna just go ahead and kill Nymeria off, let's go ahead and kill Ghost off. This is the final battle at Winterfell. John's John's obviously got Ghost protecting somebody or or him. And then he'll probably die because fuck the fuck the dire wolves, right? Nobody cares about a wolf. Let's just put more dragons on 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 camera. But anyway, <laughs> I like that Reddit post, man. Like, yeah, you need to I, give some I, props to him. Yeah, there was that one, and you know, the there was you know another one that had a different kind of theory, similar to that one, but that um she is running from the mountain, right? Because she, this takes place, and, and again, I don't really see anything that kills this theory that this is actually in um, King's Landing. 
not in. It's uh, just that it's so dark where she is, man. There's no light coming. The in. The whole trailer was dark, though. Like, and I mean that that might have been on purpose to put to make it so dark. But then it also she was gonna try to kill Cersei. She would do it at night, and she ah, failed. Yeah, good point. Right, and so I can't find the post, but basically she failed. The mountain stops her. The mountain chases her. She's got the shit beat out of her because he's the mountain, right? And he's undead already anyway. She turns a corner and runs into the hound, and that's how we get Clegane Bowl. <laughs> the hound protecting Arya. Uh, uh, both, so basically the, it was like, so, you know, if that happens, either the, the mountain kills the hound, but the hound injures the mountain enough that Arya can kill him, finish him off, or vice versa. Or they both die, whatever. But that that might lead to it. I like the one with the wolves better, personally. But still, anyway. Let's let Corey Smith talk about that scene really quick. So I know he's dying to talk about it. Well, I would just say whether it ends with the wolves rescuing Arya or not. I, that that uh, Reddit guy, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't, I don't remember his name, but he might be onto something. I mean, because th- if you think about it, what would I mean if if Arya is like the last person in Winterfell and she knows she's surrounded, that would definitely freak her the hell out. Right. So, I mean, it it, it could be some version of what he's saying. Um, I I mean, as far when I watched the trailer, I definitely got the fact that those were wolves and not horses. Right. Yes. So here's what I did to, to confirm this. and, And this is not confirmation officially. But um, at first, I didn't think it was wolves. I thought we're we're seeing uh, a typical Miguel Sapochik or Sapo. Sapo. <laughs> we're seeing typical Sapo horses charging towards Winterfell, right, or towards battle. And then when Corey Smith today in work at work brought this up, like this is wolves. These aren't horses. I took a closer look. I lightened it up. I magnified it. I enhanced. I super enhanced, um, and you you really can't see hooves. They're legs, and they are shorter gates than horses. Horse has a, a longer stride, a longer gait, and the tails seem to be dragging the ground or close to the ground, which is a horse would not have a tail that drags the ground. A wolf would have something that's closer to the ground than a, than a horse. So I'm on board with the wolf theory. Yeah, and I mean, like you said a second ago, you know, they said there was a reason why we saw Nymeria in season seven and not Ghost, right? So I think we're building towards, and Nymeria did have a, a pack of wolves with her, um, and in the books they talk about how Nymeria's got like a pack of wolves, a like a hundred strong or something like that that she's kind of leading in the hundreds. Yeah, the largest wolf pack anybody's ever seen. Right, and they're just running around. Uh, excuse me, the NWO wolf pack was <laughs> new, 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 new world order. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think we're building towards that at some point in the season. Um, and it, and what the guy said about the, you know, Arya running her away, why the wolves stay behind, that makes a lot of sense. Um, at some point, I mean. Because if the Battle of Winterfell goes as poorly as we think it does, and basically all the heroes get their asses kicked, something's got to get them out of Winterfell, right? 
and I mean the dragons could do something like that, but also you know the math you know if there's a large wolf pack that comes in at the last second, that would definitely give them enough time to get away um, and make it south to King's Landing or something like that. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think it was Wolves, and, and it'll be interesting to see at what point they show up. <laughs> the ISIS just pointed out that we're 12 fucking seconds into the trailer. Yeah, and you're you're the one who said we're gonna be done in an hour. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like we're gonna be clearly I was being facetious. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to some some of the spoiler things that we've seen in there. Yeah, there's nothing uh, in that trailer we're talking we about. We haven't even done a commercial break for KFC yet. Hey, oh dear sorry, god, KFC. I was hoping KFC's that going we're to the back burner. KFC. See, I, I was really hoping that we're going to make it through an episode without talking about KFC. Oh, dear God. Well, I'll tell you what we're not going to get through an episode without talking about. Lord of the Rings. Because guess what happens when Varys is huddling in the in the crypts with uh, Gilly and Baby Sam? It's Helm's Deep all over again, folks. Dun, 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 Sorry, dun, it doesn't dun, count because I'm... You know, the, the Benioff and Weiss and those guys have been talking about how the only battle that compares to on film to what we've done is Helm's Deep. It totally counts. All right, fine, it counts. Yeah, but and they but they also <laughs> said that was the only because of that, that was the one battle that they would go to. I, I think it was was it Sapochink who said it that he he specifically kept watching the Battle of Helm's Deep to find out when people would have uh battle fatigue. Yeah, and, right. and he also watched it for POVs for characters, too. Right. So, I, I mean, I think, and we'll talk about the other ones, but, I mean, I think it's natural that if you if you were watching that for inspiration, that some of that, whether intentional or not, is going to come through um, whenever you film your kind of version of it. So, I think that one, and then obviously there's the one of, uh, who is it there that are lining up next to each other? Uh, Brienne and Pot. Mm-hmm. That's totally Legolas and Gimli. Right, the tall, <laughs> blonde, and the short, kind of stout. Uh, Not the beard! Yeah, except Pod doesn't have the uh, beard. But yeah, I mean... Not the cock! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he torched somebody for making that joke on Twitter. Yeah, he he gets tired of it from what, he, from what I understand. Pod the Rod gets tired of people talking about his... His dangle? Yes. Cock. The, the angle of his dangle. <laughs> okay, so... Like, you know, as, as the only female on this podcast, I like to think that it's not his dingle dangle, but it's what's closer up to his eyes. Mm. Oh? But anyway, can, let's continue this well, on. Just, I'm already on my second question. Since you wanted to talk about the fact that we've only made it 12 seconds into the trailer, let's bump it up to... Um, <laughs> 15 seconds into the trailer where you're on Greyjoy and his ships are sailing with the Golden Company. Um, were you confused by this hold, at hold all? Hold on. We did not see you're on Greyjoy, to be clear. These are his ships, though. These They're are his ships. I understand, but I'm, you're saying Theon Greyjoy, or you're on Greyjoy and the Golden Company, but we don't see you're on. No, no, okay, I mean, thank you are, for the, clarif- continue, can, the clarification. Well, there, dude. well, actually, well, actually, you don't see your Andre Zoy. That well, could be shit important. on Smith for being right about things. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
Anyways, he continue. Do it. Go ahead. It, I mean, he is right. It, we didn't see Euron, um, but we did see um, his boats um, that had his sigil on it on the on the mast. Um, we also saw somebody with some golden locks. It was that season, if we didn't season one Jamie Lannister time travel. Yes. Back. Oh my God, that's exactly what I was going to say. If we wouldn't have known better, that was season one Jamie Lannister with those beautiful golden locks. Um, you know, not quite sure who that is. You book readers may know who the fuck it is. I really yeah, don't give it. a shit. Sarah Strickland. Oh, okay. I don't even what care or that? know. Who, I, I don't. It's Joe Strickland. He's the leader of the Golden Company. Okay, He's so the, uh, Captain General of the Golden Company. Okay, well, big actually, <laughs> I don't care who he is. I know that he belongs to the Golden Company, and obviously he is, you know, at the helm here. Uh, but that, I mean, I, I, while I thought that was, it was a, I loved how short that clip was because it didn't need to be any longer than that. Okay. The Golden Company is making its way somewhere. I like to believe that it's making their way over to Cersei. I don't think that they're over going to the north at all. I think someone mentioned it earlier during this podcast that maybe the the Golden Company is making it to north. I don't think that they will – I don't think Cersei believes that they're going to be coming down there. I think that – she she well, she's only thinking about herself and protecting herself, um, and so well, she's going to want break those in, people. Let me break a in real quick. To her. Let me get you on this real quick. Okay, so there's a couple of parts in this trailer where we think that um, the Golden Company has made it to Winterfell. Um, there is a shot of Cersei on the throne and in the throne room, and there is a lady standing in front of her on our our right. And it looks like it's Sansa in her Winterfell finest, uh, standing with somebody to the left, which looks to be like Harry Strickland in his best armor. So the theory is, and it's been rotating around Reddit and Twitter, is that the Golden Company attacked Winterfell after the, the Army of the Dead did, because what did Cersei say? We're going to wait for the Army of the Dead and the army of the living to fight each other, and then we'll mop up the rest, right? So the Golden Company comes into Winterfell after the undead attack. Mm, excuse me. Mm. And they kidnap Sansa and bring her back to uh, King's Landing. Thoughts? I mean, you just did like nine uh, hypotheses well, I, in I, I one want, sentence. I want Isis <laughs> to tell me her thoughts, because I think she's... I think she's got thoughts on this. I'm not you, Smith. I know your thoughts. All right. So, so holy shit, that's a lot to happen. That's what I'm How saying. many episodes? How many episodes do we have? Six. I mean, I know that we they're they're super size episode, but dude, I think you're reaching. Like, I think you're 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 reaching out to some fan fiction shit right now. Um, I I I really do just because I'm just trying to look at how they're gonna unpack all of this. Um, you may be right. You, you may be right. I'm just trying to look at what the timeline is. The the two things that they they must address. They you know must address the shit that's happening up north, and they must address this Golden Company and Cersei and everything. And I just don't see how the Golden Company is gonna first, you know, 
go up north. I, I just don't see it because I think Cersei for her, it's going to be, hey, I want them surrounded protecting me, not going uh, going ahead and beating, trying to beat not, them up at the north. Well, I they're not they're not going to okay, they're not going to land in the north like Corey Thone's theory was. Sorry, Corey Thone, your theory was completely blown up by this trailer um, because we've seen Cersei and Kyburn looking off the battlements of the Red Keep into the ocean. Obviously saying that Euron's Greyjoy ships are coming into harbor, bringing into the Golden Company. What I'm saying is that the Golden Company lands at King's Landing, and she sends them up north because there is a screen grab of soldiers running toward a gate. One, They all are armored, and they are running towards what looks like the Winterfell Gate, um, and it's closed. Okay. And so, this so, this screen grab has a gentleman, an officer, or a lord in ornate armor and a cloak on the left side of the picture running with his armored men. We've seen the armor that the Winterfell soldiers are wearing. It's plain. It's dressed down. Even Jamie's armor is plain. This person's wearing ornate armor and has a cloak and has his helmet off, which means he's an important character because we just see his face. So we think. The theory is that the Goldman Company gets up north and waits till after the undead attack. Then they swoop in and take who they want and leave. Well, I mean, but that's supposing that that no one that there are going to be people who are going to be alive up north. I mean, at the very at, at the most, you know. Cersei believes that the undead is probably going to kill them all or the vast majority of them. Um and then, you know, then supposing that those people are going to make their way all the way to King's Landing to try to, you know, to try to go ahead and take, do you know, take over. But I will say this. There's a moment where we have Jamie Lannister and he looks like he's fighting. And, well, he is fighting and he's all bloodied up and he and there's a bunch of fire around him. And there's a point where he's screaming and and I've looked at it. I don't know, 20 million times, <laughs> 30 different ways. And you think that the blonde with the wispy hair, which I will give kudos to, um, to uh, Corey Smith, who said this in his article on, uh, on Wick uh, about the wispy hair. And to me, that is total Brienne. That, that's Brienne. That's her short hair. That's her body build, everything. But when you see Jamie screaming, He's not saying Brienne, and I, I mean, I have rewound this and looked at it a million times, looked at the, 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 the you know, the closed he's captioning. Not, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, not saying Brienne. It looks like to me he's saying Braun. And if that's Braun, oh. that he is screaming, and Braun is back at, with Cersei, that leads me to believe that he's with the Golden Company. Boom. I can't see Braun stay. I, my theory is that Braun catches up with Jamie on the road to Winterfell. And we just don't see him in the trailers yet. Like, I don't think Braun would stay with Cersei. First of all, this is a real life story. Um, Lena Headey and Jeremy Flynn. <laughs> they hate each other. They hate each other. They had a bad breakup. And they have, a, they have in their contracts, they can't be in the same scene together. In seven seasons, they were in one scene together. And it was Cersei leaving Tyrion's room. And they didn't look at each other. It was a quick, Cersei walked out, Bronn was looking down, and then Bronn walked into Tyrion's room. They hate each other. 
So it would be a waste of Braun's story to have him at King's Landing. Um, I think he catches up with Jamie on the road to Winterfell because he is basically in contract with Jamie or Tyrion. Cersei's well, not gonna I was, I was trying contract. to make the point. No, I was trying to make the point of that you may be right in the fact that he hitches a ride with the Golden Company to go up north, like you were saying. I think if, and he's, if he's yelling bronze Bronze Bron has has been taken down by some by somebody outside the walls of Winterfell because I, I listen I know I, I I read the same article by Coyce and we had some debate about this at work today um, just a little <laughs> a little bit of debate yeah. I do not believe that the person on the battlements is Brienne in fact HBO or not HBO Game of Thrones started doing gifs and it did a gif of that character swinging its sword across the battlements of, of Winterfell and then sh- zooming in on um, Jamie. And it had Jamie's quote from, this, from the uh, trailer. That leads everybody to believe that person swinging that sword that you can't exactly see is actually Jamie. Whether he has Oathkeeper in his hands or not, it's hard to tell. I get it. We all argue about the sword he has in his hand. But what you do see beside Jamie is Pod. So Podrick is on the battlements of Winterfell with Jamie fighting. I don't think that Jamie outlives Brienne. I think unless this trailer is telling us that Podrick attaches himself to, to Jamie after Brienne dies, I just can't see it happening. I think that uh, Jamie's Jamie's story is gonna be a heroic ending and he's gonna die in Brienne's arms. That's my that's my thought. But I could be 100% wrong on that. I'm just saying that I think that that Jamie is screaming for Bronn. It's not Brienne. It's Bronn. That's a good for That's a great for but. almost Yeah, but he could still sure, be screaming I'm, for her if he could still be screaming for Bronn if Bronn's dying below him. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be Bronn. But Bron the fact is, that Bronn is well, the fact that Bronn is wherever Jamie is to me is an important point whether he gets there by hitching a ride with the golden company or going on his own i have no idea but it would lead to some you know kind of credence to the nor- the uh, golden company coming up to the north if they went first to um to cersei first is what my point was well let's get into that really quick phone you've held uh for a long time that the golden company is going to put in Somewhere around White Harbor in the north so they could attack Winterfell like Cersei wants them to. This trailer shows Cersei and Kyburn looking down the battlements of uh, the Red Keep into the ocean, which kind of leans into the fact that the Golden Company lands at King's Landing. Uh, are you ready to walk back your thoughts on that yet? Uh, sure. I mean, I'm not that invested in it. It's more you just... You don't, you don't love it? No, I mean, we don't know that's what they're looking at, but it probably is. Uh, I It could also be uh, the Dothraki, but whatever. So I want to go back to what you guys were just talking about with the wispy-haired gentleman on the embattlement. <laughs> I'm watching I'm not, uh, the GIF. It doesn't look like this. The GIF looks different. But the three screenshots, screen grabs, Razor, this gentleman has both hands on the sword. Then he's swinging the sword with what is looks to be his left hand. 
And then in the last one, he's got the sword in his right hand. So this person has switched hands with the sword, which would make you think that it's not Jamie. It's a good point, too. But in the GIF, when it's not broken down and it's all one fluid motion, it looks like it's just solidly in his right hand. But wasn't Jamie's right hand cut off? Yes, he's only got one hand to swing with. This dude is swinging a sword with his right hand 100%. So, anyway, not to burst your bubble, but that sword is 100% in his right hand. No, yeah, no, that's that's the one thing that made me and Smith's argument ended was when I agreed that the person on the battlements is using two hands. So Game of Thrones could be just adding a gif and just showing us somebody sure. on the battle once, whatever, who cares? But <laughs> when um, it comes to Cersei looking out over the embattlements or whatever it is you were talking about, her and Kyburn, um, I mean, we see them outside. Kyburn is saying something. Uh, hold, on, hold on. That's not Kyburn talking. Okay. See, I don't. Okay. It sounds like, and I compared it's it. It's Bran. It's Bran talking. No. I think, and I compare. I pulled up a lot of audio of, of him talking. I think it's uh, Harry Strickland. I think it's Mark Reisman. What? Uh, because when I first heard the trailer and I heard him, him talking, it, it sounded very unfamiliar to me. It didn't sound like any of the other characters uh, that I knew. And well, I, I'm going to call bullshit. And let's be honest, the guy just went through puberty, so his voice is going to change. It's one hundred percent brand. He's talking to Sam about that is shit. You belong. You're 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 where you belong. All these events brought you to where you belong. Yep, Smith, you idiot. Jesus Christ! Fuck. Hell's wrong with you. What is wrong with that guy? Uh, no, know. seriously. I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, it it could be, but it doesn't make sense because we don't know that voice. Why use a voiceover for someone we don't even fucking know, and who has no connection to what what he's. But that's saying. my point. If we don't know who it is, it's got to be a new character we're getting introduced to in season eight. I, I, yeah. I don't know. That's not how this thing works, babe. That's not how this thing works. Yeah, but, uh, they're not going to yeah. go ahead and start a fucking new character on a voiceover of someone we don't even know. Who's she, saying just, stuff she just blessed your heart, you. I, <laughs> I did. Bless your heart. No, um, she's straight Dennis Miller, you, babe. But I'm, I'm just serious. <laughs> like, you know, there's this, there's no way they're going to go ahead and introduce a voiceover to a character we, who we don't know the voice of or we don't know very well. Um, and then to say something that would doesn't seem like it would be in character it me what he's saying sounds like it's in character for someone who's the three-eyed raven not Amen. somebody who is somebody we don't even really know that well um, i would agree on that point that it does the 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 comment itself the last part about being home does strike me as someone speaking to someone else that they're familiar with as opposed to harry strickland would be basically a stranger to cersei Right. Well, not only that, but he also makes the comment about that everything has led you to this point. Who who would be the only person who would know that, but someone who can look at the past and at the future? Right. That's that's Bran talking to John, probably. Speaking it could of be talking to John, or it could be talking to Danny too, because he's like, "Hey, y'all, you know, this is your auntie, and y'all fucking, because I saw y'all in that boat sex." 
So it's, I'm just I'm just trying to to it, it it it's more plausible for me that it be Bran um, more than anybody else because of what he had said. And then not only that, but we also get a visual of you know them at the crypts as well, which is going to I'm trying to transition us over to the crypts. Well, I was going to say, speaking of Bran, how are they <laughs> going to deal with uh, you know John or or somebody's going to stop by before the battle and be like. Hey, any tips? You know, since like you can see the future and you're all knowing, and Brandon's gonna be like, uh, "Yeah, y'all are all fucked. Um, might as well just pack it up." And they're gonna be like, "All right, good talk." Like, how are they gonna deal with that? But whole... Can he see the future though? It's the past. Everything that's ever happened in the past. Well, but at the same time, he just basically said that everything that happens was supposed to happen. So if he goes and tells them. What's going to happen in the future? Wouldn't that change what's going to happen? He's not going to tell them. Oh He's going to tell them what it's happened. A time, the... It's a time paradox. It is. It's a time paradox. I feel like I'm talking about fucking, you know, Doctor Who or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm all I'm trying to say is this: is that you know he is not going to get a, get in the middle of something that is going to change the future, the the future that he sees forward. Um, so I don't see him doing that, but I definitely see him making light of what things that happened in the past, i.e. what, you know, the real parentage of, uh, of Jon Snow is. So, I mean, I, that's just me. I think that let's, I'd like that. to segue. I'd like to segue to the Crips because let's talk about that scene really quick. We've got, um, you know, John and Danny down in the Crips. And Danny's walking toward John, and when she gets up close, we see that he's he looks upset. Okay, so Corey Smith, I want you to walk me through this. He really looks upset in this picture. Think he's looking at Liana, or is he looking at like Ned or Rickon or somebody else? I don't. You know, this scene really kind of threw me for a loop because if you take John's reaction by itself, right? It you kind of think, okay, John just just found out about his parentage right you know this is the moment he found it out he's kind of sitting down in the crypts he's trying to make sense of it all you know holy shit i'm banging my aunt uh holy shit i'm really the heir to this seven kingdoms i'm not actually a bastard um you know all that stuff right but then you cut to danny and danny comes up and seems like if john just found that out danny seems really cool with it because (laughs) (laughs) that's <laughs> true right like danny doesn't have that okay like if she knew what he knew she you, you feel like she would have a similar reaction like holy shit we're related and we've been banging for however many months on the boat and all that stuff but she seems more like she's there to comfort him about something else so she's I, probably I there like, like everybody everybody's favorite aunt like it's okay baby I'm a Targaryen. I've been one for a while. We do this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, so that that scene threw me kind of, like I said, for a loop. I'm not quite sure because their reactions don't necessarily match up. The only thing that I can think is this is after someone close to John died and Danny is kind of comforting him about that and they still haven't learned about their heritage their shared you know family tree 
is is the only thing that kind of makes sense to me because their reactions are just so different um, in that one shot. So, Bone, how long do you think the secret remains safe and and guarded? I'm sorry. What do you mean? The secret. <laughs> what do you think I mean? The you know, secret. The biggest of, secret the, on the, the entire secret, fucking yeah. show. Have you been watching Game of Thrones? Oh. Wow, man. I wish I could think of something clever to say, but to be honest, I got up to pee and I literally sat back down like 20 <laughs> seconds ago. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. But the, the secret, secret is the keep secret. it secret, keep it safe. And it's just don't put it in fire and take it to, you know, Mount Westeros and throw it into the sea or whatever. That's that's exactly the answer I needed. No, but the secret is, how long does the secret of John and John's parentage stay safe uh, when John gets there to Winterfell? How long before Bran reveals the big secret? Because we all know Sam can't keep a secret, and <laughs> he's going to be like a happy cocker spaniel peeing on the floor. He's so excited to see John, and he's just waiting to bust at the seams. To tell John the secret. So how long does it remain safe? I don't know. I, maybe episode two. I think by the battle, they'll know. I think. Uh, I think the battle will be because I, I figure what will happen is they'll find out. John will pull back a little because it's weird and gross, <laughs> and then um, the battle will happen. And you know, near death experiences always have a way of. Showing you what's important, and John will remember. Man, I just really kind of love this Danny chick, and so they'll just be fine with it <laughs> <laughs> after the battle, maybe. So, well, no, we can we can skip ahead. A lot of this stuff is just you know we've got a lot of scenes. We still have Arya running in a lot of the scenes through the corridors. Um, we've got we've already talked about um, Cersei with a smirk on her face, looking down over the battlements of the Red Keep. Um, we've got the, the Unsullied marching in Winterfell. We've seen that before. Um, Sansa wasn't in this trailer a lot. Um, she was there for the dragon flyby. Um, Drogon did request a flyby from the Winterfell Tower, but it was denied because, um, everything was full. He didn't care. He still did a flyby. Uh, that was a reference to Top Gun for all you youngins out there. Um, and then, um, she was there she got one shot she got one nice clean shot Looked like the one from when she's about to welcome danny to winterfell so um she wasn't in the trailer a lot Tyrion was in for one and only scene and he's looking up i'm guessing at john and danny riding dragons uh anybody else is uh the pattern is full thank you isis they requested a flyby, but the pattern is full. Negative Ghost Rider. So thank you guys for that. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, I couldn't remember the exact lines. I just knew it was in the movie. Um, we did get a passionate kiss from Grey, Grey Worm and the Sunday Isis. I mean, it, it was heat. That shit was straight fire. All right, fire! like. I mean, she was putting all up in it. He was putting all up in it. I felt like I was listening to some John Legend kind of song in the background. You know, it was it was straight up fire. 
um, it was it was the type of kiss of like, if this is going to be the last kiss that we're ever going to have, we're going to make this shit count. And Grey Worm is a hundred percent dying in, in the Battle of Winterfell. Oh, I, yeah, happen. there there's no way that man survives. I I love me some Grey Worm, but there's just he, I mean. Tears will be shed when he's dead, but I, I think that was another level um, to show that they did have a relationship that going forward. And it's I think it's really interesting um, because there's a part of the voiceover that I feel like really speaks to him um, and about that, you know, God, what is it? It's something about when they pan to him and they're kissing and you hear John say something to the effect of, um Something like they're they have no feelings, and then you see him have feelings. You know he, yeah. you know, or they the dead don't have feelings, and that was the same thing um, that they used to say about the the unsullied. You know that they True had fact. feeling, and so I really felt like that was a, a really kind of poignant mo- moment. Um, and then not only that, but you know, not to get into my 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 other beautiful little man. Um, Gendry, you know, about that he doesn't stop. I felt like that was a really kind of funny. I actually laughed uh, because, you know, it kind of reminds me of him running and not stopping until he got to where he needed to go <laughs> last season. But it was I felt like it was very pointed, you know, to each of those um, scenes. And um, and so that was the, the point that kind of came across to me is that this person who was not supposed to, you know, let's say what the kids say, catch feelings. Um, did and and uh, and that was really nice to see, even if he is going to die. Okay, so I want to talk about really quick. Uh, Cersei in this trailer does drink some wine. Fake um, baby, fake baby, yeah. Um, no, no, no. That doesn't she, mean fake baby. She, she's got tears in her eyes. First of all, when if you look at this part, um, when she's drinking wine. She has actual tears in her eyes. I'm thinking she just learned that one of her two sibling remaining siblings just died, and it wasn't Tyrion. <laughs> and um, so she's like, she's in her PJs first of all. She's not in the Iron Throne. She's in her rooms at the Red Keep, and she looks shook. Like she's definitely shook. And She's drinking wine to calm herself, and it's not working. And there are tears in her eyes. I'm thinking she just learned that that Winterfell was overrun, and Jamie died at the battle. Um, Smith, you care to d- jump in on this because you you don't think the baby's fake? No, no, no. I uh, I'm on the fence on that. I just don't think that the wine is a is an indicator one way or another. It's not like they knew back then that wine was bad for you when you're pregnant. So yes, they did. She turned down wine to Tyrion because she was oh, pregnant. Fuck you and your good point. Um <laughs> I, no, I, I don't mean, know. Honestly, it might not be a fake baby. I think she might have lost the baby possibly. Yeah. Or it's a fake baby. Either way, I don't I don't know if that's the moment she's going to find out that Jamie died or not. Um, yeah, I just here's my thing. And, and oh I mean, my god, holy shit! Do you know what I just had an idea of? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Drop it on us. Give us that epiphany. The theory that we just talked about from that wonderful Reddit post that Arya 
is stuck in Winterfell or maybe went back to Winterfell, right? What if she went back to Winterfell to get Jamie's face <gasps> so that she could get close to Cersei and kill her? Oh my god. There's no way that's going to happen. That's absurd. Never in a million years, but, but I fucking love it. Let's not pretend like that wouldn't be the coolest shit ever. <laughs> Oh my god. I am so in love with that right now. I am here for that. Anyway, Smith, you're talking about some other shit no one cared about. What was that again? I don't <laughs> even fucking remember myself. You were talking about right, Cersei's listen. Cersei's pregnancy or whatever. No, I just don't, I don't think that that's the moment Jamie she finds out Jamie's dead. Um I think that when they say that we have lots of beloved heroes uh dead on the ground outside the walls of Winterfell or whatever. I just, for me, oh, I think a lot of those people are going to be characters that don't necessarily have a lot of story left to wrap up, right? Agreed. So, so I don't think we're going to get Jamie dead at Winterfell. I don't think we're going to get the Hound dead at Winterfell. I think those guys, you know, characters like that, they still have things to wrap up before they die. Whereas if someone like, say, Jorah Mormont, uh, Grey Worm, uh, Podrick, Gendry, those are the kind of characters I could see dying Grey Worm um, at Winterfell because, yeah, they're they're characters that we know and we love and, and they're our heroes, but they don't necessarily have a whole lot of story left to take care of before the season, you know, before the series wraps up. So, like, yeah, Jamie, it won't be any of the three Starks or Targaryen dead at right. Winterfell. It's going to be... I, yeah, like, I definitely believe that Jorah dies at the yeah, Battle of Winterfell. In yeah. fact, the trailer shows him mounted um, with... Yeah, let's what? talk about that that shot for a second. Yeah, because... let's talk about this. Somebody has pointed out in our comment section that um, the sword that he's riding with in that shot is Heartsbane's. So yes. it looks like Samuel Tarly gave his sword to a very capable warrior. Well, I mean, and yeah, and kudos to the the commenter who who pointed it out because, I, I mean, for fuck's sake, we've talked about it. That the trailer is incredibly dark. It's hard to see anything in the trailer. Um, but this guy pointed out it looks like Heartsbane, and I pulled up the image. It looks a hell of a lot like Heartsbane. And if you think about it, I mean, if Sam and Jorah are reunited, and you know, Sam's got Heartsbane. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for Sam to be like, listen, you can do a lot more with this sword than I can, right? Um, and right, right. Jor is going to be out on the front lines and he's going to be, you know, right in the thick of things. So makes a lot more sense for Jor to be carrying Heartsbane than, you know, than Sam, you know, wherever he's going to be during the battle. So and the thing is, it's not, it's somebody, somebody said, well, Heartsbane can't be carried in the side sheath. It's not in a side sheath. It's in a, sh- a saddle sheath. So that means that Jorah, if he's carrying Heartsbane, has it holstered, basically, in the saddle. He can pull it out and use it as he's riding down White Walkers or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to him for, for spotting that because that was one of the details that that we missed. So, um but yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that was Heartsbane, which would be pretty and you know pretty fucking cool to see, you know that make what 
five Valerian steel weapons at Winterfell um, between Longclaw, uh, Jamie and Brienne, and then Arya's dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of all seen we've seen those weapons kind of navigate north uh, through different ways. So that I will be pretty point out. Cool. I'd like to point out in that EW article, Sam Bradley was talking about uh, filming. Um, we are right. Winterfell does get overrun because Sam. Uh, John Bradley talked about filming his scenes with, with Sapo, and he was all excited. He was very happy to film scenes with Sapo. Like, he, did, he got a chance to film action scenes. And so he fought really hard during his action scenes, and Sapo had to stop rolling camera and be like, no, 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 you're Samuel Tarly. You don't know how to fight. You gotta, You gotta act like you don't know what you're doing. You're basically swinging around a stick hoping somebody doesn't kill you so i mean i I sort of agree with that but also like you gotta figure sam's picked up one or two things you know during between being in the night's watch and fighting the wildlings and all that stuff you know what i mean oh yeah the citadel just gave him fucking a plethora (laughs) of knowledge on how to defend himself and not not only that but i'm not saying he's bruce fucking lee out there i'm just saying like (laughs) Jesus he had to have Christ. picked up one or two tips. <laughs> I love ISIS. Okay, yeah, no. I. <laughs> so let's just say Jorah gets heart pain and be done with it. <laughs> I, I, right, either way, whatever happens, Jorah, it seems pretty clear that Jorah has heart pain. So, Which makes better sense than Sam, who's hiding in Winterfell safely with everybody else. Correct. Yes, and then um, he's with he's with our other dude though. He's with um, Varys, man. Varys is just, hiding out too. Well, wherever Bran is, you can count Sam to probably be there. There, and the, if you noticed in the trailer, Bran is talking to Sam. Sam turns his head, and he's breathing uh, a mist, uh, like he's like it's cold, and that's the signature. I mean, we we've seen them inside Winterfell before, and they're not breathing cold air. It's it's warm where they are. They've got fires going, so it, that's the signature that the Night King has shown up. So Sam turns around and he's breathing fog out of his mouth. Um, that wherever wherever Bran is, Sam is, and they're about to get they're about to prepare for battle. So I can't imagine John leaving Sam in charge of Bran's protection, but I also don't know. I mean, you have to put Bran somewhere safe. Um, we don't think the crypts are, are wheelchair accessible. Somebody have to carry him down. Um, so I don't know where he goes. I don't know what happens. Who knows really? Well, and you've got to go ahead. No, baby, you go. I was just saying, you've got to have somebody near brand who can, I guess, narratively, whatever, ask the right questions, keep him interesting because as it is right now, brand, is just as a narrative person, as a device, is so boring. You're absolutely right. And if you put Sam with him, then you have someone who has a thirst for knowledge and is always asking questions next to basically a human version of Bing. So. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you, Tom. Um, it is. Ba- you're absolutely right. Um, and and I'd like to say. I mean, is it is there a possibility? And again, I'm not a book reader. 
I don't know why I feel like I have to caveat that. Probably because I'm on my third glass of fucking Wait, wine. are you not a book reader? I'm not Since a when? Oh, my God. So, um, is there maybe some, you know, were the, were, were the uh, crypts built by... Um, Brand, you know, Brand the Builder. Yeah, Brand the Builder. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I almost said something else. Uh, Brand the Builder to where there is some kind of um, you know, magic in the crypts to c- protect these people. Like, how did they know that going? Oh, to the I see. Be... Do you even know the can of worms from these I books? Know. Did I know. You just? I know. Seriously, let's. I'm not even know. going there. I'm not. Oh gonna Jesus! Did they just? Did they just all ejaculate at once? Uh, I don't yes. Know. Anyway, they did. Okay. Can I? Can I give a non-book reader summation for ISIS? Because I've actually heard a lot about this over the past few weeks. Um, and I feel like I can sum it up quick enough to answer her question and anybody that also that's a Shonley listening. Um, yes, it's uh, to answer your question. Yes, if Brand the Builder built it, it's magical AF. And he, <laughs> he is, uh, you know, they don't know in the show. They haven't gone into it in the books. They don't have any clue where the crypts go, how deep they go and what the shit is in there. All they know is where the Stark caskets and statues are, basically. Like, there's other stuff in there, too. And, like, the general theory has always been that um, Brand the Builder put some sort of, like, uh, magic. As long as a Stark sits on the throne at Winterfell, as long as there's a Stark in Winterfell, then, like, whatever evil shit that they buried under Winterfell is, is not going to rise. But, you know, so the Night King might let a bunch of dead Starks wake up and, and bum rush them from inside the castle has been a theory, but that really doesn't work because they'd all be bones and dust at this point. Yeah, but except... we've seen them attack as just skeletons. And just skeletons, Rickon. but but Rickon's even there. Rickon is the only one in there. Yeah. I mean like <laughs> there comes a point though, Smith, where like I mean we saw some of those skeletons could be toppled over with a rock. You know, like they they're almost hey, let's useful. be honest, it's Rickon. He couldn't run in a zigzag, so... Exactly. He's... Cause like, cause, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever... Catelyn isn't in there. They threw in a river. So we won't get a, a brief Stoneheart <laughs> moment or anything. God so damn it. Basically, to answer your question, I says yes, and there's a lot of people saying that as Bran is jacked into the Westerosi Matrix and he's going through history, he's going to influence people to plant things in the crypts that could then be used in the modern timeline uh, of, of like what's happening at the battle of Winterfell. Also the idea that it's called Winterfell because that's the spot where winter will fall or whatever. where like the man will lose right. or the Night's King will lose, whatever. All of those things have been talked about ad nauseum. Um, and, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how much it's, it's interesting to talk about. We've done on here before, like how much power brand, actually wields over adjusting the timeline because like we've seen him yell at his dad and he made his dad turn around we've seen him mess with hodor but that was because hodor was in immediate like he used hodor as a conduit he didn't just he didn't just like look at hodor and then make him you know hodor out there was more to it so guy brand broke hodor yeah yeah, so I mean, I don't know how much if Bran, because you know we talked about on here before that possibly Bran going back through history and like a, you know, 
at a breakneck speed trying to find ways to kill walkers is what's going to accidentally drive the Targaryen king crazy. Right. Yelling, burn them all and shit. Like we talked about all that kind of stuff in here too. So ISIS, I think that there is a chance that if they're going to lean really hard into brand being like magical like that, that he's going to put, have them store things in the crypt that can be used to fight walkers later. Maybe. John Snow zombies will come from there. Okay, well, John Snow in season seven said, "I guess my brother's a three-eyed raven now. Like he got a he got a raven from Winterfell, from Sansa." And he's like, "Brand's my brother, Bran, who apparently is a three-eyed raven now." I'm paraphrasing, uh, and so he John's gonna tap into that knowledge base. He a hundred percent believes in this shit. He's seen it. He knows about it. And when Sam goes, yeah, I let your brother north of the wall. He was there, so yeah, it's all my fault. And yeah, he knows about your parentage. When that's revealed, John's going to tap into Bran's knowledge. And yeah, they're going to try to. They're not going to leave everybody at the back of Helm's Deep since since Helm's Deep on in in Westeros doesn't have an exit out the back. They're not going to leave everybody down the, in the bottom of the crypts without without something to protect themselves. But um. Anyway, let's talk about one more thing. The fact that Beric and Tormund are alive and they did survive the Only fall. Only one the more thing. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the major thing. Um, yeah. the, the fact that that we see Ed, Lord Commander Ed, leading Beric with his multi-tool, multi-purpose sword, which is now a flashlight. Through a dark hallway, I'm not sold that it's Castle Black. I'm kind of on the board. I'm on the fence. Either it's Castle Black or it's walking down toward the crypts of Winterfell. I don't know. There's been lots of people talking about it. Um, I don't know, Smith, is, is it really important? I mean, we all knew they lived, right? Basically, we're, we knew that, that Tormund and Beric lived. Uh, I don't know that we knew for sure. I mean, they killed freaking all kinds of characters off screen um, throughout the series. So I don't know for sure that we knew they lived, but we are pretty, we pretty much assumed they were going to be back at some point. Um, but, and, and I think to me, the fact that the three of them are together is significant because they're, they're all, you know, obviously they're all up at the wall, uh, Ed theoretically is over at Castle Black, which is west of where we saw uh, Tormund and and Beric last. But eventually they would link up. And as to where they are, I mean, yeah, I don't think. I mean, just from going through screenshots of of uh, Winterfell and Castle Black, I I don't necessarily think that they're at either one of those locations uh, based on the the stone arch that they're kind of seen going through when, when Beric has his flashlight sword. Um, so to me, it, it almost seems like maybe they're at one of the other castles in the North that we haven't necessarily seen on screen. Um, either last hearth, which is where the Umbers um, castle is, or maybe the dread fort where the, the Boltons war were or Carhold, uh, yeah. or Carcel. All, all those castles are in the north and fairly close to the wall. And we talked about this last week about how we think we're going to get some, before the Battle of Winterfell happens, 
we're going to get some shots of learning that the White Walkers are headed south towards Winterfell, right? Yeah. So if these guys are, you know, hold up in any of those castles I just mentioned, um, and they're going out to see something real quick, um, that would make a lot of sense because maybe they didn't have time to get down to Winterfell, but they're at, you know, they're at Last Hearth or they're at Carhold or something like that. Um, you know, and that all plays into the fact that I think most of the footage in this trailer was either episode one or episode three. Oh, right? 100%. This, this didn't go past episode yeah. three. Right. I agree. So, I agree. so we're talking about, this is a scene early on in the, in the season where those three guys are in a castle. They probably fled castle black because it's not a very defensible position. Um, I'm sure and, it's been overrun and they they escaped. Right, and so then they're in one of the other castles, but not Winterfell. They don't make it to Winterfell. So, um, you know, the fact that they're alive right now, you know, we see them alive in the trailer. They may not stay alive for very long. So, I think they make it to Winterfell. Personally, we've seen some spoilers out there that talk about flaming swords that attack uh, giant um, dots on a screen for CGI effect. Uh, I think they make it back to Winterfell and Beric leads the charge, but I could be wrong. Um, I want to I want to wrap things up here. Um, before we do, I want to get some thoughts from each one of you. Uh, Isis, I know. Hang you're, on, uh, hang on. Talk to me. Talk okay, to me. okay. Phone, 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 phone. Give me your thoughts on this trailer. Um, you know, we've talked about all the screen cap breakdowns of that we can, but if we miss something or just your general thoughts, uh, basically, on the trailer. Well, I think that this was probably the most minimalist trailer that we've seen from Game of Thrones, at least in the last few seasons. Because uh, it really, I mean, everything from the music to like any sort of scenes we actually see, like what they basically did here was say, hey, everyone is in the same spot <laughs> and the White Walkers are coming and it's not going to go well. Like that's, right. that's it. Like that's all. That's truly that's all we got from this trailer. And then a few shots of Cersei, and then the hints that John rides a dragon, and then the I think the trolling shot of Tyrion getting burned to death. <laughs> <laughs> that's Which, right. There is a dragon in the dark that comes out of nowhere and blows fire. Yeah, and then uh, right after they show Tyrion. Like that whole theory can and, go die and, in a in a fire. And they show Danny with her eyes closed. She looks really shook. Yeah, really upset. I do think that they end up. I don't know, but it's not going to be Tyrion. That's I just if the, I swear to God, if the show ends, because there haven't been any huge leaks, right? Unless I've just missed them. No, like, there's been like, really no no verified leaks. No. There have been some people get a few things right that you'll see in the trailers, but they're not able to confirm how the show ends because they've had it under lock and key. And the the guy that's like, yeah, Tyrion betrays everybody. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, if they do, that, that would piss I will, me off so much. I will say this. The guy who says that Tyrion is put on trial for treason at the end of the season uh-huh. is Freaky Doctor from, from the Free Folk. He's the one that told everybody the trailer was coming today, and nobody knew except for Freaky no, Doctor. No, 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 no. The guy saying that is a there's two there's two accounts. I've looked it up. There's two accounts saying that. 
um, that Tyrion betrays everyone. And okay. yeah, and but I even if they knew the trailer was coming today, I still don't believe that. That was just I mean again as we've talked about before on the podcast here that, that um, even it's tonight, bad right it's terrible writing. Well, not just terrible writing. You've only got six episodes, so like you're gonna really have to like re. It's the same thing whenever you know we talk about, um, you know, John betraying Danny or something. Like you just would really have to rewrite a character that you spent all this time building. So, um, anyway, I like the trailer. Uh, I I don't think it was the best trailer of all time. It was certainly very minimalist, like and I it, said. And but I think it was what it needed to be. It didn't have to have all the bells and whistles. They did. didn't need a trailer. Like they, Amen. you didn't have it have a trailer to get me hyped, bro. I've been hyped, so that's my take on it. Um, I guess we we really didn't talk a lot about the last scene, but the thing with the frozen or the the white horse leg, the you know the zombie horse legs. That's a on good a, point. On a frozen no. tundra, I mean, that just that just confirms, you know, what's coming. So. I point. Uh, Dan Selke, our editor in chief, was going to join us for Take the Black because we were going to record on Thursday, but he had prior engagements tonight. He pointed out he was asking us today uh, who was missing from the trailer, and we were all like, uh, you know, Bronze missing, um, you know, some other other names popped up, and Melisandre's not in the trailer. And I said the Night King, and Dan said, "Well, no, not really. He's got he's all over this trailer. His presence is felt throughout this entire trailer. They they didn't need to show the Night King. The undead horse legs was completely enough. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, but basically this this trailer was like shit gets bad, and it's because the Night King attacks Winterfell. But yeah, um, so, yeah I I think." Yeah, I mean, and like like Smith has said a second ago, um, pretty much everything we saw in this trailer is episodes one, two, three. And so we still have three more that we've probably seen little to no footage from. So it's a great point. Isis, uh, wrapping things up, what stands out to you the most? What did you feel like after watching this? Uh, we all know you did everything you could to enjoy every last inch of this trailer. Uh, so wh- final thoughts? Shoot them at us. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, so people that we did not see in this trailer. Uh, we didn't see the Greyjoys. We didn't Be- see... Theon and Yara. Yeah, we, we didn't see them at all. Um, or Euron. Still some kind of, you know, or, or Euron. Um, so so I, I feel like this is some kind of dangling Chad that's still out of there. Um, that we don't <laughs> know, uh, you know, what's going on with that. And then, you know, the, the fucking Sand Snakes from... Th- uh, from um, from Dorne. Uh, we didn't see them in the trailer. Not that I necessarily needed to see them. But I, I'm still thinking about them. I, you know, as somebody coming into season eight, I am still thinking about what the fuck is going on with them. They're fucking um, dead. They're dead. They're dead. I, look, I just would like some visual confirmation. That's all I'm asking for. Let's just wrap that storyline up. Let's button it up, brother. Let's tidy it, tidy it up with a nice little bow, and uh, and I'm good to go. But I, I really, I'm more invested, of course, in the Greyjoys. I want. I mean, we made this whole big scene of, of fucking, um, you know, Theon, Theon talking to John, 
and you know that he was going to you know had this fight to go ahead and bring his team back together anyway i just really would like to you know see where that leads to um but i i i personally really haven't seen the fucking phrase where the fuck are the phrase they're all dead. Well, they're, they've all, they're all in a fucking pie. <laughs> you watch the fucking show either? Yeah, I mean, dude, they're they're in a fucking pie. Um, so, you know, I really, really appreciate that, and I think that's great. Um, where the fuck I, is Ned and, and Catelyn? God damn it. Yeah, where the fuck are they? Uh, are but, you no, that I guy really, who watches um, it out of order? What? <laughs> that guy on YouTube who's been watching the whole series oh, out of no, order? That's fucking douchebag no i don't watch that no he's an idiot yeah Uh, so so i really really appreciate the the trailer that was put out um did they need a trailer no they didn't but i actually enjoyed the process of dissecting this whole um this whole trailer because this is it this guys this is sincerely it this is this is all that's gonna be we're not gonna have you know, another trailer, um, you know, this, this is what we have. And so, you know, for me, I'm going to soak it up the best way I know how to. And I hope other people's uh, other people are doing the exact same thing, um, that they're really just enjoying it, just getting fully immersed into it, getting hype, if you will, um, for the possibility of fucking Clegane bowl or whatever the case may be. (laughs) Um, I I'm really just enjoying the moment of what we have left. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I really, truly appreciate that. Now I will say this, if they mess with Aria or my beautiful Gen, uh, Gendry, we're going to have some issues. I'm going to be <laughs> fucking up. I'm going to, I'm going to be wrecking some dicks. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Corey Smith, I was going to ask you your final thoughts, but, um, I know that you like to enjoy your Game of Thrones trailers with, uh, a nice warm bath, um, and some soft music. Fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead and give me wrap it up. Give me some uh, thoughts. Uh, I mean, I think that we've hit kind of the the biggest points. Um, clearly, yeah, they were holding their cards close to the chest. I will say, you know, when they they cut to that moment at the end, I thought we were gonna get something bigger than just seeing the the horse, the two horse legs on the on the field, but that's, right? That's needed though. I I understand. I'm just saying, like, it felt like the trailer was building to something maybe a little bit bigger. Um, so I was kind of, not that the moment didn't work. I just, I, I thought maybe we were going to get something bigger. Did you um, walk Game of Thrones blue balls? A, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, I think so. But, um, I mean, I liked the trailer. It definitely got me excited, um, but also didn't really, I mean, we talked, what were the big spoilers? Jorah had Heartsbane and Beric and Tormund are alive. You know what I mean? What Pretty were the big, right? I mean, we didn't get a whole lot as opposed to seasons past where we could, you know, kind of go through the trailer and get the highlights of the of the whole season. So, I mean, kudos to to HBO. They walked the fine line between giving us something to get us excited but not giving away any of the any of the seasons, you know, big secrets. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like the trailer. I thought it did a, a great job of what it needed to do. Well, um, I think I, it, it would be redundant of me to echo what, um, basically Thun said. I'm, it was minimalistic and I was happy about it. 
I, I know there were some complaints. People were thirsty as fuck for new footage. So a lot of people were like, well, this is it. You didn't give us a soundtrack. You didn't give us, um, you know, a lot of a lot of characters were left out. And you fo- mainly focused on Winterfell. I'm completely fine with what they did. They didn't show us any of the intricacies that makes Game of Thrones so goddamn good. There was no political intrigue. We don't know what's going to happen at King's Landing. There, there really, we got everybody is scared as fuck at Winterfell and they're preparing for war. Well, and, and the thing too, and not to you know keep the podcast going too much longer because <laughs> it's been a, been a minute. There, uh, <laughs> that coming this trailer that, like you just said, focuses almost solely on Episode Three. Coming the same week as the EW, you know, stuff where they talked about episode three, like a bunch makes me start to think that there is a little bit of possibility. I'm not saying I believe it all the way, but some amount of, I don't know, plaza. I don't know. I, the word I'm thinking of, it out. I can't think of the fucking word. Misdirect. Misdirect. It's a misdirect. Yeah. That, that, but not that the battle is not big, but that. The White Walkers are a bit of a red herring, a bit of a misdirect. Like they, they, I. What if they just win? What if like Jon Snow and the dragons and them, they just beat the White Walker army and they, I you mean, know, two dragons is better than one. And there's people that have talked about, you know, then they'll fly north and they'll burn down the castle tree thing that we saw several seasons ago, where they were turning babies into White Walkers and. Um, that will, you know, end it. And then the last three episodes are about Cersei. They're about the Iron Throne. It's about the Game of Thrones, you know? Like, yeah, what if Game of Thrones. Like, what if that's how? And I'm like, man, that would be wild. <laughs> so, like, uh, but this the way they're hyping up that third episode and not showing you anything after it. I don't know. There's Here's no the thing, man. Possibility we, that, we know for a fact because of filming spoilers, people taking pictures of the uh, real-time set that was built at Belfast, uh, studio, Belfast at Titanic Studios, the King's Landing set. And, by the way, if you have Apple Maps, you can type in Titanic Studios, Belfast, Northern Ireland, and you can see the King's Landing set is still standing today, and it is blasted to fuck. It is burned down this very moment and blasted to fuck. So we we. This trailer didn't even allude to that. We got nothing about a battle at King's Landing from this trailer. It was all focused on Winterfell. So I'm happy. I'm excited because, yeah, this is all we got. And this, and, uh, the, you know, as far as we know, this is the only trailer we're going to get for season eight. We might get a few TV spots that are, will take snippets from this trailer. We might get a, a couple of new scenes as 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 the lead up goes on from HBO, but there will be nothing like a trailer that will drop between now and the premiere on April fourteenth. So, so yeah. let me just say to everyone out there listening, this made it this far. If you're looking for something else to buy your time, you know, between now and the launch or, or the first episode of Game of Thrones, Kentucky Fried Chicken has started an Indiegogo, and this is real. <laughs> To fund the KFC Innovations Lab. Now, the KFC Innovations Lab was created to, quote, bring more of the company's craziest and most innovative marketing ideas to life 
by providing fans or anyone who just wants to see if they can pull it off an opportunity to help turn these groundbreaking ideas into reality. Now, here's what I'm going to say to take the black fans. If they're taking suggestions, just go on there and write sponsor the game of Thrones, sponsor the take the black podcast on winter's coming. Cause here's some of their other ideas, by the way, and this is real. This is real. You can contribute to these ideas and when they get funded, they will make these things and you can if you contributed you have a chance to like win it whatever how about a kentucky fried hot tub introducing a revolution to the hot tub technology it's a hot tub that looks like a kfc bucket yes i mean i want it giant bucket features wood fire thermos thermal siphoning heating technology at the capacity for five fried chicken loving people and a full 360 degree kentucky fried chicken branding um, this this is another really good, really good one here. Is picnic with the colonel the greatest development in picnicking technology that's made out of cardboard? This kit includes a pop up table and a life size cardboard cutout of the colonel to hold your buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken sold. This separately. isn't real. These are real. They- oh, oh my god. Oh my god. There's others. There are others. Um, but basically you can contribute to that. And uh, you know, if you contribute at the lowest amount, you'll get, you know, if it's funded, you'll get things like t shirts or three D puffy sticker packs or swag bags or whatever. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on outside of Game of Thrones, but I guess the big thing is is that KFC should sponsor this podcast because there's nothing that goes better uh after a long night. <laughs> then <laughs> world famous 11 herbs and spices fried chicken i love it that's a great you're, you're the ad man i love it um i want to give a quick shout out to a couple of uh our listeners who are asking today about when's the podcast going to go up kenny adamo on uh he's he's a he's a, a regular listener on facebook and on uh winners coming comments is like hey razor when's the next take the black podcast i am ready to hear you guys talk uh, giving us some analysis. So, Kenny, we're giving you a shout out. And on Twitter, we got, um, let's see, uh, Dominic on Twitter was like, I need to take the black podcast now. Well, well Dominic, here's your shout out. Um, so, and also our always loyal listener, James Cunningham, who is fighting the good fight with KFC for us. Thank you, James. So, also, shout out Mark Freeman, who uh, let me know today he was waiting on a new episode after the trailer came out. Awesome. All right. Uh, I would I, like to also add Sue. Um, she has been a longtime follower of our podcast, listener, and everything. Uh, matter of fact, she tagged me in a, um, you know, in the, when the trailer first came out. And I let her know that we were going to be dissecting it tonight. So she's super excited. Thank you, Sue. You're amazing. Nice, nice. All right, so uh, we're going to call this podcast good for myself, for Corey Bell, for Corey Smith, and for Isis, who we're so glad is back with us. This has been Take the Black Podcast. Thanks for staying this long with us if you're still here. Well, a lot of more